Welcome back to Defining Truth Podcast, episode five. We have an interesting show today. But first, if you haven't already, give us a follow. You can watch the face behind the voice on YouTube. Follow, subscribe. It's your way of saying you like what we're doing. Or wherever you catch your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, etc., we're everywhere. But give us a follow. You get a little alert when a new podcast comes out and stay up to date. Brandon, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, Xi Jinping and Putin, uh, who had a meeting in Moscow, and uh, how that affects everything <clears throat> geopolitically. We're going to move in and touch on the parental rights bill uh, that the House Republicans just passed that's going over to the Senate. Uh, and then detransition teen who sues Kaiser Permanente for uh, performing a double mastectomy on her at Ooh. 13. She calls Good it intentional her. fraud. Get into that. And then lastly, uh, this week we attended a Temecula Valley Unified School District uh, special board meeting where they talked about the negative effects of critical race theory, also known as CRT. Had a had an amazing panel uh, yeah, they with were, them. They were really good. Really highly educated uh, experts, despite what some of the leftists in the back were mm -hmm. saying. But, uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, Xi Jinping and Putin, uh, who have now signed agreements, apparently. Um, says Chinese leader Xi Jinping met with uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin for some three hours of formal talks at the Kremlin on Tuesday, the second of a three-day visit. Uh, the leaders signed two agreements, one of which was affirming their partnership and uh, – uh, setting out plans for economic cooperation, which they discussed at a joint news conference, and uh, ended, ended the night with a multi-course state dinner at the Kremlin. Sounds very communist. So let's uh, let's talk about the effects on that geopolitically, the state that, that Russia and China are in, both uh, separately and then collectively, and, and what that's going to look like over the next decade. Yeah, and I mean, because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering why they should care or why that matters. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, and, and the perspective I want to give is what it has to do with what's going on in America. So, you know, all, most analysts agree Russia and China both are on about a 10-year timeline here. Of course, Russia's got itself wrapped up in, in the war in Ukraine, and China has all kinds of other geopolitical issues. But they're similar in a lot of ways and different in others. Um, I, I think what's dangerous about this is – for, for many years now, the United States has represented this Pax Americana, right, this global peace because of the power that we projected. And that power was stemming from a, a uh, ideology rooted in freedom and democracy. Um, and that's not really China and Russia's perspective on things. Um, the reason that this matters to America now is similar to in history where we've seen other you know, the, the rise of other uh, empires and Axis powers, that the longer it seems that the United States is out of the picture, uh, the, the more things go bad for those in Europe and Eurasia and Asia specifically in China's case. So China, you know, China, China's on a, on a timeline here. Um, they're not going to they're not going to last uh, too much longer without losing a whole lot of people. And uh, one of that is just due to aging out, right? For years and years and years, they had the one China policy um, where they were, you know, killing and aborting baby girls if, if uh, they were born into the family, only keeping the boys. And this led to a serious um, 
population problem. But uh, in addition to that, they are the world's uh, single greatest um, importer of energy. So unlike, you know, where we have these massive reserves uh, and access to oil, China really has to get it from external sources. And we, 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 we definitely keep them in a box, right? I mean, this is why you constantly hear about um, issues with Taiwan, because in order for them to really survive over the next 10 years, they need to expand beyond where they're at. And as the world sits right now, it, 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 they're not able to do that. So, you know, with desperate times come desperate measures, and this is why it should be concerning to us, because as China looks at sort of the desperation of their situation, um, it is it is uh, assumed that they're going to take desperate measures. So sort of on the heels of that, you have this big meeting with Putin. Um, we don't really want, you know, China and Russia to be, you know, best friends in, in assuming the role of a dominant power. But with the vacuum left by, you know, uh, by the United States and really the damage that Democrats are doing to our country and uh, our presence globally, um, it's, it's only natural for them to come in and fill that vacuum. Uh, of course, you have uh, Russia, who's wrapped up in Ukraine, but, you know, this is only beginning there. Russia, historically, has always thrown mass number of bodies at conflicts, and the real issue there is that they're landlocked. So geopolitically, in order for Russia to feel safe, right, um, they would have to take m- most, if not every single one of the former Soviet states. Uh, that's all the stands and Azerbaijan and Poland and um, the list goes on and on, Ukraine. So, you know, this is, this is Putin uh, exerting that issue. And Ukraine is not ending anytime soon. Uh, yes, they're poorly trained. But uh, as we've seen historically, they throw bodies at conflicts, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands, and they just keep going. I mean, you're talking at least 10, 20 years of this conflict. Now, the the concerning thing is that because Russia is poorly trained and they know that, right? A war with NATO would be horrifying for them. And if they're so desperate as in the case with China looking at, you know, the loss of mass amounts of people in the next decade, if Russia feels the same way, then there's always the possibility of them using a nuclear weapon, a tactical nuke, which, you know, has been discussed quite a bit recently. So, why why does all this matter to us, right? Well, because as we've learned from the 21st century, what happens in the world affects the United States. And um, the United States' lack of leadership uh, ends up being bad for everybody. That's what we saw in World War I, uh, World War II. We waited a long time to get involved in World War II. And by that time, the Japanese and the Nazis had taken most of the world. And um, this is why politics matter so much here in our country. Because while we have all of these, these issues and these, these momentous uh, you know, events going on around the world, Democrats are here in the United States working overtime at destroying the infrastructure and foundations of our country, right? As evidenced by some of the stuff we're going to get into in a minute, what we saw at this school board meeting. It was just shocking to see the sort of materializing of leftist ideology in, in a younger generation. It's astounding. But it matters. This is why voting matters, because what the Democrats are doing internally, right, and pitting everyone against one another and ripping our country apart with, you know, all these 
racist uh, uh, initiatives that they're pushing like CRT and ESG and DEI and all these things that are really just Marxism disguised. It's Gramscian Marxism, right? It's, it's the oppressed versus the oppressor and dividing everyone into those classes. While Democrats are doing that and, and wrecking our homeland, the world is stepping into that vacuum. And the result is not going to be good, right? It's, it's nothing good is going to come of America uh, sitting on the sidelines. So, oh, man. Okay, well, I know that was, a, that was a mouthful. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna much like other stories, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on this. This has been going on the war in uh, Ukraine for uh, well over a year now, and um, China's getting involved all over the world, um, as we've seen. So let's move into uh, real quickly. The House Republicans passed uh, a broad education measure on parents' rights, and um, they're calling it the. Par- Parents' Bill of Rights legislation, uh, which passed 213 to 208 on Friday morning, uh, this morning, amid five GOP defections. The legislation, H.R. 5, uh, 118, is the cornerstone of the GOP's education agenda and mirrors several policies. Basically, in a nutshell, um, it outlines what parents have the right to, which is uh, their children's education. Go figure including access to uh, teacher-parent meetings, school budget materials, curriculum, books, opportunities to testify before a school board. The, the five no votes, uh, which I found interesting on the Republican side, uh, are Matt Gates from Florida, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Ken Buck from Colorado, Matt Rosendell from Montana, and Mike Lawler from New York. Uh, of course, no, vo- no Democrats voted in favor. I, I was confused about the no votes. But then I read Gatz on Twitter said that he voted against the bill because the federal government should not be involved in education, and he wants to abolish the education department. I, I know where he's going there. I don't think that this was the opportunity to take the stand on. Yeah, because what does that have to do with? That has nothing to do bill. with the left taking over the the hearts and minds of our children. So um, I guess congrats on Matt Gatz for taking a stand on states' rights, but I, I don't know. It wasn't the time or the place for me. So. Yeah, so so what this was really stemming from, right, is the weaponization of the Department of Justice. And this is this is stemming from, as uh, the speaker pointed out recently, um, you know, parents being arrested at school board meetings, um, parents up in arms, and then the DOJ and other entities within the government, driven by leftist ideology, uh, calling the parents domestic terrorists, right? Which is which is and we've covered this before. It's scary, dangerous, right? So this is like Nazi esque behavior from the Democrats. Uh, but of course, I mean, what what else do you expect? I mean, they're destroying our country. They they uh, believe in big government that the government should decide everything uh, about everything in your life, and that parents uh, really have no place because children belong to the government. I mean, that is the mainline Democrat perspective right now in this country, and. Um, Part of that, and which is why we take issue with, with uh, like churches, for example, is because they're um, in 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 the void of what the church has relinquished. They're taking over defining morality, and then when parents are upset because you know, in one case, the dad that was arrested was because his daughter was assaulted uh, by you know some transgender uh, boy who went into the bathroom and assaulted his daughter, and then he ends up getting arrested at the school board meeting. See, that's why. Everyone needs to care about politics because the materialization of these ideas have 
real world consequences and it's impacting our children. Anyways, the, the bill, the, the parents bill of rights is more uh, about that and about establishing once and for all that children do not belong to the government. They belong to parents and uh, we do not have to subscribe to this extreme leftist ideology that is overtaking the Democrat party, you know, at pain of being labeled a domestic terrorist or arrested. Uh, and again, I, I can't even explain how dangerous that is, what the left is doing. I mean, America really needs to wake up as to what's going on in this country. But, I mean, I don't know if it's going to pass you know, the Senate. But No, very unlikely to pass the Senate or even make it to the president's desk. But nonetheless, so I, there's an interesting story. Um, well, I feel like we've w- there's a lot of these stories that we've found mm-hmm. recently. Uh, a detransition teen sues Kaiser Permanente for performing a double mastectomy on her at 13, calling it intentional fraud. There's a video that we're going to watch, but to provide some background, a detransition teenager Layla Jane is suing Kaiser Permanente Medical Group and Kaiser Foundation Hospitals. Uh, the medical providers who performed a double mastectomy on her at the age of 13 years old after beginning after she began to identify as transgender two years before. Now at 18 years old, Jane is accusing the hospital system of intentional fraud and concealment involving her gender transition, alleging the doctors pushed her uh, into the procedure and characterized her gender transition as the only way to treat her pre-existing mental health problems. Uh, She was quoted as saying, and I I think that this is a very powerful quote. She says, quote, I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I was legally able to have sex. Jane told Fox News on Laura Ingram uh, last Thursday. She goes on to say, I I don't think I'm better off for the experience. And I think transitioning just completely added fuel to the fire that was my pre-existing transition. So it sounds like she, she had some mental health issues going on. She goes to medical professionals at Kaiser to to seek help for that, <laughs> and their answer was to chop off her breasts at 13 years old and uh, turn her into a boy. It just incredible that that the left has gone this far, and, and we're starting to see. We were we were just talking about the other day um, the the flight attendant from United who has now killed himself because he transitioned into a girl and then. They had, you know, they they did this commercial about him through United, and and he ends up, you know, the mental health uh, repercussions in this mental health, physical, the health ramifications, the taking drugs for the rest of your life, the pain and suffering they endure. I mean, the the Democrats are just lying to an entire generation of Americans for political gain, right? Because we talked about this the other day, where there's there's the issue that you see up front, right? But with communists and Marxists. The issue is never the issue, right? It's a famous quote. The issue is never the issue. So when you see the whole trans hysteria right now, if that's not really the issue, what is it? And what it really is, it's about Marxism. It's about class division and uh, the consolidation of power. How? Well, because one of the key tenets of Western civilization is the core family. So, you know, if you want to create chaos in order to seize power, you have to completely disrupt people's lives. And what better way than to strip children away from their parents to create these unhealthy environments where we don't have, you know, healthy core families, a mom, a dad, and kids. No, we have a bunch of individuals on Xanax and medication for the rest of their life 
pursuing sexual pleasure over anything else like, you know, national security or, you know, being a productive member of society. And simultaneously, they're really injuring people. I mean, they're causing horrible, horrible damage to these these um, young people. We've seen a lot of this lately, right? Last week, we covered Ollie London, who is now detransitioning, you know, and they, they crucify him for it publicly. Yeah, um, it seems like this whole transition uh, fad that people who have actually gone through with it, it, it kind of peaked, and now a couple years later, it's, we're really starting to see the effects of it from personal anecdotes. I want to I wanna show this clip real quick from, from this woman who's gone on Fox News to talk about it. Uh, she's being either represented or uh, at least advised by uh, Harmeet Dillon, a f- famous lawyer in California. So let's just uh, cue this up real quick and take a look at it. Suffered mental health issues throughout childhood and into puberty, also difficulty. She had depression, anxiety, body dysmorphia, and suicidal ideation. At 11, she said she was transgender. And then at 12, doctors at Kaiser Permanente put her on puberty Mm, blockers and testosterone. And then at age 13, Layla had a double mastectomy. Well, at 17, she realized she made a huge mistake and detransitioned. Well, Layla is now 18 and is fighting back. So this does not happen to anyone else. Layla Jane joins me now, along with her attorney, Harmeet Dillon. Layla, now you just filed a major lawsuit against Kaiser Permanente for what their doctors did to you at age 13. What do you want to say about your experience to everyone watching tonight? Overall, I really want to say that I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I can legally consent to have sex. Overall, I don't think I'm better off for the experience, and I think transition just completely added fuel to the fire that was my pre-existing conditions. Well, Harmeet, what about the issue of informed consent? That parents, they, well, they, they basically had informed consent here. Well, Laura, the problem here is that the doctors at Kaiser, as we've seen from the file in this case, were all over the place. Certain of them initially said, you know, she's too young, and then others age 13. She was not given the mental health treatment necessary, and it was not disclosed to her family or to her. Teenage transitioners desist from transition at a 80 to 90 percent rate mm-hmm. that the majority of people who go through this uh, regret it later on that it wasn't a solution for her mental health problems that many girls in fact most girls probably struggle with puberty and so it is our position legally as a matter of law that uh, informed consent was missing here because it is it impossible for a child to give informed consent and it is impossible for parents who are not fully informed and with a child that was not properly treated to also give that consent. And Laura, an important point here is that, you know, we, you've had me on with our client, Chloe Cole, as well. And Kaiser doctors use the line on her and her parents, would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter? The exact same line was used in this case. So it appears to be a script that certain Kaiser doctors and psychiatrists are using on on these victims. I mean, here's here's what's really crazy about this is, you know, uh, we we talked a couple episodes ago about Jessica Tapia, a teacher here in California. Um, She was fired because 
she refused to lie to parents. The government wants, I mean, th- consider this story we just heard, right, about a young girl who goes in and has her breast removed by these insane uh, left-wing doctors. They, they literally mutilate a child. And the government wants teachers to not tell the parents if this stuff is going on with their kids. Uh, Jessica Tapia was fired because of that. And she's not the only one. They mentioned um, Chloe. Uh, Chloe has been all over uh, recently, has done a bunch of stuff with Prager and uh, uh, specifically a, a, a long segment with Jordan Peterson that was fascinating. But Chloe transitioned at a very young age as well. And one of the key things that um, Peterson, you know, with, uh, as a, from a psychologist's perspective, noted is that no one at any point ever discussed the dangers and the suffering that ensues from going through these transitions and pumping little children's bodies full of chemicals and hormones. And um, the mutilation that occurs is unbelievable. And yet the Democrats, they want parents uh, to stay uninformed. They don't want you to know. Why? You know, this is like, um, (laughs) it's like one of the first things you learn as a child, right? If you have to hide something, you, you, you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? Right. And, and for whatever reason, the left wants to conceal and hide this horrible mutilation uh, that's occurring with children from concerned parents. It's, it's so sad. Yeah, and you can tell, even though now that uh, Layla has, quote, detransitioned, uh, you can hear in her voice that she doesn't sound the same as I'm sure she used to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be something that's going to affect her for the rest of her life, and so... It, for her, it only lasted four years. So these doctors helped uh, a 13-year-old who isn't even, you know, in the in the developed enough to do a, make a lot of decisions. Um, and for them to just kind of help her do this is is really sad. These people should be put in jail uh, for a very long time. Something uh, something's got to change here. Yeah, someone needs to be held accountable for for sexually abusing kids. And this is so broad. I mean, there's so many issues, right? It's not just that, and this is the end goal, like chopping our children up uh, and pumping them full of hormones and getting them dependent on drugs and the government for the rest of their life. But you also have the whole, you know, sexual abuse going on with uh, men who dress up like women and strip down for little kids at schools. And some of this, as we've covered, is being funded by taxpayer dollars. Yeah. And it's like if you say anything against it, you're, you know, you're love, the racist. You're, you're the you're bigot. A racist. Even even yeah. though racism has nothing to do with literally any of these political issues nowadays, it's like the 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 overall cover. It's if you disagree with anything they say, you're a racist. You know, um, it's scary. I, I would say uh, conservatives need to find their spine, and we need to start standing up to these people in a real way. Uh, leftism, as we've covered many times, is an extremely evil ideology. And as Stalin, you know, uh, coined the term useful idiots, uh, it doesn't, there's a point where it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of well-meaning, quote-unquote, you know, people uh, that vote Democrat. Either they don't believe this stuff that we're talking about or they don't care enough to find out. I don't know. But at some point, you're, you're held accountable for the evil that you're committing. This is the same thing that happened in Germany at one point, right? Like, I'm sure that not every person uh, in the country of Germany was fully aware of what Hitler and the Nazis were going to do. But at some point, they're held accountable for, getting, for putting these people into power. 
and that's what's happening here. We have a, a, a proven evil ideology. Leftism has shown us that in the 21st century alone, right, it's killed more people than the previous 19 centuries combined. We know that. Marxism is a horrifying, um, just disgusting ideology that destroys and kills people. Okay, that's, that's a fact. That's established. And we, we are seeing it rise again here in our country. And it's manifesting in things like this in the mutilation of our children, in the sexual abuse of our children, and they're doing it through public institutions with taxpayer dollars. You know, at some point, it's like we have to stop this, or at least at a minimum, call it out for what it is. There's really no, uh, we don't want a, a, um, an agreement with communists, right? Communism is evil, it's treasonous, it's anti-American, and... Uh, there's no, there's no good end to this. I mean, our only hope now is that, you know, coming into the next election cycle, that people will have been exposed to enough truth um, to uh, change their mind. But as we go into this next uh, segment, uh, we're, we're going to talk about exposing to truth and what Marxism does about that. Yeah, this uh, – so we're going to talk about – we attended on uh, – was it Wednesday or Thursday? Earlier this week the Temecula Valley Unified School Board uh, special meeting. We are invited by Jennifer Wiersma, who is a newly elected board member. And uh, the Temecula Valley USD's uh, board is compromised of three conservatives, uh, two liberals, and uh, the three conservatives are all newly elected as of uh, last November and sworn in in December. So this is new for Temecula Valley. They now have a 3-2 majority on the board. And one of their big... uh, Actually, their big campaign promise, from my understanding, is that the, uh, the three new individuals all campaigned on the fact that they the first thing that they were going to do is abolish CRT. Yeah. And so the first thing that they did when they all got uh, sworn in is abolish CRT, which promise. is a, followed through on their promise. Imagine that, which is exactly what the voters in their districts <clears throat> elected them to do. And it's caused a little bit of an outrage. So they had... Uh, uh, kind of a workshop, it sounds like, throughout the week with student, uh, teachers and administrators. And then the, kind of the headline at the end was this meeting here where they had a number of speakers in attendance. The The event was moderated by mm-hmm. Esther Valdez Clayton, who's an immigration attorney, media commentator, former school board president. And then the, the one, two, three, four, the five experts are uh, Walter, Walter Myers, He's a philosopher of science and religion. Uh, Brandy Shufinsky. I hope I pronounced that right. Shufatinsky. She's a social worker, writer, researcher, and advocate. Uh, Doctor, I'm sorry, and she's a doctor. Uh, Doctor Joe Na- uh, Nalvin, who was a U- UCSD professor of cultural anthropologist and ethnic studies. Wen Wan Wu, who we're going to see a video of uh, a little bit later. She has a PhD and is an executive director of the California Equal Rights Foundation. And Chris Arendt, who's an attorney and uh, former school board. So these were the, the, this was the panel that these speakers were compromised of or comprised of, rather. And uh, so right off, I want to point something out there after you just read that long list of people, right? So what I want to highlight here is you had this long list of highly intelligent people, right? Subject matter experts who gave really concise, uh, critical thinking-based uh, argument for why CRT is bad. And I just want to shout out to the board and Jen Wiersma 
that you know they are really bending over backwards to to convince these insane Marxists that there's a rational um, argument for why CRT is really evil. And they don't have to do this stuff, right? But they brought in a panel. And by the way, for those who would scream racism, just to point out, right, two of the panel members are black. Wenyan Wu is Asian, and the others were white. And you have a really even mix of everyone represented there, highly intelligent. I, I just thought it was one of the best panels I'd ever heard. It was really interesting to listen to all of them. And I want to I wanna point out right away, right, one of the main arguments from these Marxists that were there. And just to paint the picture for those of you listening, the room is packed, okay? This is out of middle school in the gym. The room is packed. And in the back of the room, you have a ton of young, presumably uh, a lot of them were students, uh, that are just openly saying they're Marxist. At one point, somebody in the room said something about Marxism and they cheered, like, yeah, that's us. They're all holding signs, you know, typical propaganda from the left about racism or this and that. None of them have any idea of what they're talking about. And one of the main arguments, as presented by Alison Barclay, who's, you know, the, the lefty here on the school board, is she tries to tell everyone that this is all unnecessary because there is no critical race theory and you're just making it up. And one of the best answers is um, from the board president, Dr. Joseph Kamratsky, who turns to Barclay and says, if you're not teaching CRT, then where do all the students in the back of the room learn about CRT that they're here to support? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. she literally, it was just like crickets. It was silent. Allison Barclay just stares at him, doesn't know what to say. Everyone in the room is just absolutely silent because the issue is never the issue, right? This is communism. This is Marxism. They, they, they lie. They get in. They infiltrate with ideology, and they play word games and semantics with you. Anyways. Yeah, it, it didn't take very long. I also want to note, too, um, there were at least 10 deputies from Riverside Sheriff's Office that were in attendance. So they knew that this was going to get uh, potentially out of hand. And it didn't take very long into this because this was a board meeting. They were required to take public comment. It didn't take long uh, for public comment to uh, get kind of <clears throat> raucous and crazy. And so they ended up doing a recess. And at some point, one of the th three conservatives, I think it was Danny Gonzalez, had to leave uh, for another event real quick that he had to attend. And so they were saying that they didn't have uh, a quorum to restart the meeting after everything had settled down. And, and Allison and Stephen Schwartz, the other liberal on the board, were trying to be heroes and actually left their post. So that um, they couldn't have the meeting. So that they could right. not continue the meeting. Um, and then Allison later on in the night says that she d doesn't even agree with CRT. Uh, and but she, she doesn't support it. That's and that what she, she doesn't said. support it. Yet she was the entire night acting as like this advocate for the left. Uh, she, she, to me, she just seems kind of uh, like a leaf in the wind. And I think that she in 20, the next election cycle, not 2024, but 2026 is up for reelection. And we need to keep an eye on her because she, she's got to go. Uh, so, and, and, and just, and again, to paint the picture here. So you got this room full of people, right? And CRT is essentially just this, this concept. It's been around for like 40 years, but it's, it's basically that like you're racist, no matter what, whether you think you are or not, it's in your blood. And the real problem is white people. It literally is the most racist 
disgusting ideology that I've ever heard in my life. The fact that public schools even allow this is insane. And so in the room, the, the leftist perspective there is to shut everything down. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear an argument. They don't want to hear any rational comment. They just want to shout and scream, and they were emotionally erratic. All the students were in the back, extremely rude and disrespectful, holding signs, shouting, screaming at people. And the general sense from the Marxists is we do not want to hear the truth because obviously the truth would set you free. I mean, if the whole premise of what they said is a lie, right, that anyone who opposes CRT is a racist, that's a lie. And so they don't want people to hear the truth because the whole thing would fall apart. And that is exactly what happened. So the back of the room gets really loud. They disrupt the meeting. They have to go into recess. And then they all leave. They yeah. get walked out, <laughs> right? And, and so they never heard the panel. No, it, it's like at 8 o'clock. I actually looked at my watch. At 8 o'clock, they all, without even communicating to each other verbally, all got up and left. And so by the time that the panel started discussing reasons why CRT is bad, they were, they were all gone. Yep. There was there was hundreds of people there when the meeting started at 545 in the afternoon. And by, I would say, 830 when the panel finally got to speak, there was a, hardly anybody left. Well, and that's, that's part of the course for leftists, right? And this is what we see writ broad across um, social media, right? They call it disinformation, quote unquote. But really what it is is the oppression of free speech, they do not want the truth to be heard. So they scheme, they lie, they, they uh, censor, right? They stop a, a dissenting voice from being heard, just like their Marxist uh, ideologues. They're doing it here in the United States. They do it through big tech companies, through social media, like we said, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. There's, there's so much oppression of speech. And, and it's, again, it's like, it begs the question, right? It's like, what are you so afraid of People hearing a rational uh, discussion, you, you, you're, you're afraid of someone basically calling you out for, for lying. And, and remember the gap that we talked about. So you have, you have people that are, that are using these useful people, useful idiots, as Stalin said, to obtain and consolidate power, right? So the people in control don't want the, the peons at the bottom to find out that what they're believing is a total lie because then they would lose their support. So there's this massive effort. It's, it's like bifold, right? It's one effort is to propagate these lies, and it's super divisive and racist and evil. And then the other effort is to oppress the truth from being heard when confronting these uh, ideologies. So the panel gets up to speak. They're absolutely phenomenal. There's only a few people left. And I, I would point out, actually, there was like two or three people left in the back left side of the room, sign holder Marxist people that actually stayed for the panel. And by, I would say like halfway through the panel, the signs were down yeah. and they were sitting there attentively listening. Yeah. And I just want to applaud them, whoever they are out there. I want to applaud you for staying and listening to a rational conversation because they probably learned a lot and it probably shook their beliefs to the core because what you realize if you're a leftist is really nothing you believe is true. Like nothing. It's all premised on lies. There, there isn't this great racist conspiracy. You don't need to exterminate white people. The government's not out to get you. There, there's this, there's this, this, this whole ideology is premised on falsehood because that's how Marxism gets into power. They, they literally have to lie to kick it, right? If they told the truth, there would be no Marxist. 
Because America is full of the most privileged, spoiled generation to have ever lived on the face of this earth. Seriously. I don't care what color you are, what gender you are. You live in America, especially you live in Southern California. You are a spoiled, rotten, privileged brat. I don't care where you're at. The poorest people in America are wealthier than 90% of the rest of the world. And, and I'm so just sick of this, this narrative that's like, woe is me. I'm a victim. And don't, I don't understand why they don't see that this is what the Marxists want you to be. They want you to be a victim because as a victim, you become dependent on them. And just as Benjamin Franklin said, subservience, or I'm sorry, dependence breeds subservience. They have to break you down and get you to cry and be the victim. And when you, when you're all divided and you hate your brothers and your sisters, then the government comes in and says, here, I'm here for you. I'm here to pay for your, your school and your food and your clothes and your education and forget your parents. Come to Papa government. I mean, why, why America in general is not doing more to counter this extremely evil leftist ideology that's pervasive in our society? I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, really bad. Oh, I got to take a deep breath for a second. I got, yeah, no, man, it, it, it is. And I think, uh, one of their main arguments, and they being the, the leftist Marxists that were there, comprised of both uh, students who, from what I could tell, were either like eighth grade to, to, to high school, um, and then, of course, the teachers. Their main argument is that, that CRT, without CRT, you are erasing uh, black history. Well, mm-hmm. they didn't teach CRT when I was in, in school, and... I learned about slavery and and uh, the Civil Rights Act and and all of that stuff. And so, really, what this is about is about making uh, mainly white people feel bad for what happened about uh, slavery. Slavery, of course, is is a huge stain on America. But on the flip side, America, the United States of America, abolished slavery quicker than any civilization to previously exist. Slavery has been happening for thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's not a new concept. But we have people today who are being uh, brought up by the left. It's almost like they want to be victims. When I was growing up, right, you didn't want to be a victim of anything. And today you have these children who were, they just, they're, they're uninformed. They're listening to their leftist teachers this is probably why I always got sent to the principal's office. I, never because I was doing anything really bad in school. It was because my teachers didn't like what I had to say because it was against the narrative, right? And that went all the way up through college. And there's just, they're just, I don't know how you sit in a classroom and just soak in. I really, I think it's because parents aren't t- paying attention at home. No, they're not. When I came, when I came home, all the way through high school, I came home. Uh, you had a snack. You did your homework. Mom checked your homework. And then you could go off and, and do whatever you wanted to do as a kid. Uh, but today you have you just have parents who are just disconnected from from what is happening in their schools, in their children's schools, and in their children's lives. Or they just don't believe it, right? Or, it, well, like, and that's the bigger problem, too, they, because if you don't believe it, there's there's yeah thousands and thousands of examples. Well, so, even, even they themselves, you know, this is why I'm talking about how Marxists lie so much, because y- you even have uh, the people present at this meeting are there saying, oh, this isn't happening, right? This is like the people I see online 
um, you know, we have a, a decent following on social media, and I, I still see people saying, oh, there's no, there's no such thing as transgender strip shows for kids. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's literally everywhere. It's in every public school system everywhere. There's tons. I, it takes like 30 seconds to Google search it, and you'll see story after story after story of what leftists are doing in this country. Well, and that's such a weak argument, too. The, the argument that, well, it's not happening, so let's not do anything about it is like, okay, well, nobody has stolen anything from my store, so let me not put a lock on it. Yeah, that well, No, you put a lock on it to yeah. prevent people from stealing something. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what I, you made a good point in that they're – one of their main things is like, oh, you're erasing history. That That's one of the biggest lies surrounding CRT because we're not erasing any history. We actually want to teach the full history. What they want to do is they want to teach selective history. So they want to take one part, right, an evil aspect of a very broad and long story, and they want to highlight this bad part to accomplish a political goal. That's that's what Marxism do. They are the masters at taking the fringe and making it look mainstream. And it's the biggest lie that they pull on this generation of kids. Because the truth is, if we're going to talk about slavery, then you can't not talk about the rest of the story. How about the Christians? The Christians who led the abolitionist movement. How about the Christian Judaic values that led uh, almost a million Americans to die, mostly white ones, to die in the Civil War? in the pursuit of freedom. How about the civil rights movement that was driven by Christian Judaic values? They're not telling the full story. Or as you mentioned, the fact that America certainly didn't start slavery, but we ended it faster than any other country in the history of Earth. So why aren't we telling the full story? Conservative Christians at that too, by the yeah. way. Those are the people who ended yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not erasing history. We're trying to tell the full story. See, I, I grew up in a time where um, you know none of this Marxist garbage existed. And guess what? I learned about slavery and that it was evil. I grew up not hating anyone. It wasn't until very recently that Democrats fully adopted the Marxist platform and we started to see this racial hatred popping up again. After large and, and great strides and advances that we made in the civil rights movement, we are now flushing it down the drain as we see these privileged, spoiled kids growing up in today's America acting like they were slaves. We saw this at the meeting, right? We saw people shouting about they're, they're categorizing themselves as if they were slaves. I want to be like, what, what are you talking about? You know, where, where is this line drawn? Where is the limit? It's like, well, if I go back far enough, I can find great evil um, inflicted upon my ancestors. But where's the line? Do we go back 200 years? Because if we go back a couple thousand, you'll find that the, the largest enslaved, the most enslaved group of people in human history are Caucasians. Look it up. They were enslaved mostly in the Middle East, but that was was that too far back, or so so there so there's a limit, right? See, I don't understand why people don't see that they're being used. The Democrats are a new type of slavery. They're enslaving people's minds. Mm -hmm. They're they're using people. They're keeping them down. They don't do anything good for uh, the inner cities or minority groups in this country. All they do is keep them down so that they keep voting for them. They don't ever do anything positive. Right. And, and the opposite side of that and what we heard some of it on the on the panel um, is that it turns out that personal responsibility, hard work, dedication, justice, discipline, having two parents in the home. All of these things are major contributors to a successful life. Uh, who was um, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Walter Myers? 
I yeah. believe it was Walter Myers, yep. right, who pointed out, and, and I don't think we're going to play that clip, but we have a segment. You can check out my uh, Defining Truth on Instagram. I, I'm going to post it there. Um, Walter Myers talked about a correlation between what he saw uh, in these um, uh, charter schools in New York versus the public school system, and that the major differences in success when it came to good grades and graduation rates had literally nothing to do with the, the, the color of people's skin and everything to do with what was being taught. It was classical studies, classical American education versus this neo-Marxist, new age leftism. And it turns out that the data is pretty clear. Marxism leads to absolute garbage people and classical American education that focuses on discipline, doing the right thing, having morals. Turns out you're a lot happier. And you have a much higher success rate in life across all uh, variables, right? Jobs, monetary income, et cetera. Now, they're, they're, the, the panel, I, I would really encourage you all, um, if I can, Brandon, if we can, we'll, we'll upload the link. Yeah, it, we can post a link to, uh, to the ent- entire yeah. evening on, in our show I, notes. I would encourage you all to, to skip through the, the, the comment and the ruckus part. Get to where the panel's talking. And share that with as many people as you can. It was a phenomenal evening. Every single um, moderator had something just really impactful to, to share, uh, all from different perspectives. And uh, speaking of that, let's highlight uh, Wen Yan Wu, who's the executive director of California Equal Rights Foundation. She is a first-generation immigrant, by the way. Um, and she had a powerful statement concerning what CRT really is. And she referred to it as a mind virus. It's so on point. Check this out. This is from our Instagram, Defining Truth. Responded to the challenge precisely because they are promoting a falsifiable, flawed proposition as an ideology, a doctrine, a dogma, an infectious mind virus that crowds out competing theories and poses as an indisputable Beautiful truth. At the end of the day, the vocal woke minority will not face the sheer unpopularity of their proposals until they are confronted and made accountable to the public. Mm. When everyday folks learn about the rampant oddities of anti-racist early education, DEI statements for science professors, ethno-mathematics, or woke medicine, many woke begin medicine. to apply critical thinking. Yeah, we talked about woke medicine earlier. Which I will end my presentation with. Yeah, powerful. Her whole statement was lengthy, and it was it was super powerful. Um, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I really think as many of you as as possible should listen to it. Look, some things really matter in life, and there's things going on in the world and in our country right now that are really really important. It's important that you care. It's important that you pay attention. And here's the sort of call to action here. Conservatives need to wake up. We have allowed, I mean, just in this show, we've covered woke medicine. We've covered, you know, mutilating children. We've covered public schools. We see nonsense Marxist ideology coming from doctors at the Pentagon of all places. This is insane. We have allowed Marxism to pervade every aspect of our society. And it's like, where's the GOP? We need conservatives to ante up and kick in. We need people to care. We need people to pay attention. We have to get involved in the culture war because that's where they're winning, right? They, they've told us for years, go to work, close your mouth, don't get involved, don't talk about religion or politics. 
Those are the two most important things that you could talk about. Literally, you have to care because you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to recognize your country. You're going to live in this oppressive regime driven by Marxists. We've lost our children or we're losing them. And, and I, would be, I would be amiss to not uh, bring this really to, to truth because at Defining Truth, this is what we care about. The main difference between the rest of the world and the United States, the reason why we were able to conquer and die by the hundreds of thousands fighting slavery, the reason why we drove forward the civil rights movement, the reason why we stand for justice and liberty and the pursuit of happiness for everyone is because of our Christian Judaic values. We believe that truth is founded in the word of God and in the person of Jesus. That is an American belief. It's not my opinion. It is all throughout our history and every important document this country ever had. That was a difference that the founders noted specifically. You know, we have our, um, my book coming out, self-titled Defining Truth. We, we delve into this. There's a chapter uh, on purpose. And I highlighted uh, a few quotes from founding, from founding fathers that specifically pointed out that the rest of the world had tried everything else out there. And they decided to take a country and base it off God's way of doing things. And we became the most successful nation to have ever existed. In ever. a very short amount of time. In an extremely short amount of time. Does that mean we didn't have evil things? We didn't have bad things to deal with? Of, of course not. Because wherever you have people, you have bad things. Just like today, we have all these crazy leftists and Democrats. Their ideology is evil. It's horrible. That doesn't mean that we're not going to stand against it. And, and the bottom line is that America needs Jesus. If we don't come back to truth, if we don't come back to these, these foundational values and morality that defined what a country should look like, what a core family should look like, what are the roles of men and women in society, we are not going to last. That's what we need. We need a call to repentance in, in, repentance in this country. We got to get back to the basics. And in order to do that, listen, guys, I'm going to talk to guys specifically for a minute here. You got to unhook yourself, unhook yourself from sexual gratification, from TV, from movies, from self-seeking pleasure. You got to, you got to, you got to knuckle down and be, and man up, be a man. If you're a young man, you, your goal to serve your, your country and your family should be to get married, have a bunch of kids, um, you know, take your kids to church on Sunday, teach them to love God and love their country. These are simple, basic elements of what makes you an American. And, and we've really gotten so far away from that because the church has relinquished this role to the Marxists. We, we've, we've, we've said, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. So these are not political matters. These are moral issues. They're moral matters that we handed over to the world. And what did we think was going to happen? You know, we shuttered our doors and, and decided to stop talking about the things that matter most in life. And we let the devil play the fiddle for a while. Well, it's all coming uh, to bear fruit now. And as you know, right, we have a term in, in um, a legal term in law enforcement called fruit of the poisonous tree, right? Fruit of the poisonous tree is if you're presenting a piece of evidence in court, but it was obtained illegally, right? Then anything that derives from that is fruit of the poisonous tree. It's like, it's all rotten. It's all bad. And what you have now is seeds planted in this country that were rooted in, po in the poison of Marxism. And right now it's bearing fruit in our young, our young kids, our young children that are killing themselves at alarming rates, that are, that are mutilating their bodies. When, when a 13-year-old can go to a, a mainstream hospital like, like 
Kaiser facility, and they can cut her breast off. This is all fruit of the poisonous tree. So what we need to do is uh, we need to refresh these roots, and we got to get back to truth and what matters. And you cannot destroy the foundations of a country and expect the structure to still stand. And, and unfortunately for my Marxist friends out there, the foundations of America are rooted in Christian Judaic values. They're biblical values. And so what America did is we ripped the biblical values out from under, and we still expect this structure to stand. It's not. It's crumbling. It's crumbling. But it's not too late because great things happen when people stand up and uh, take a stand for freedom. And uh, there's a variety of ways that you can do that. You can get involved, like we saw here, like Joseph Komronsky and Jen Wiersma and Danny Gonzalez, who decided, you know what? I don't want my kids to learn this anti-American hatred and racist garbage. I'm going to run for school board. And they won. And now they're having a a real-world impact beyond just complaining on social media. They're actually changing things for the better. We need more people to do that, to get out, to run for city council, for water district, for county supervisor, for school board positions. Get involved because up until now, the left has enjoyed a relatively easy battle in that they have convinced conservatives and specifically Christians to stay in your church, stay in your house, and keep your mouth shut and leave us alone while we wreck the country. But if we want to change things, people have to get involved. They got to stand up. They got to they get their personal lives in, in order and then go out and be a positive influence uh, in your society. Well, I'm heated today, Brandon. This, this whole show got me. Um, <laughs> well, hey, with that said, uh, don't forget to like us on uh, YouTube, like we said earlier. And, and uh, if you're able to support us financially, please go to uh, definingtruth.org so we can keep uh, bringing you the truth. And... Uh, On that note, we'll see you next week.